0: Well, this morning, I want to talk to us about what I've titled uh, Rebuild, and it's going to be a a kind of a mini-series, if you will, and uh, our mini-series will last this week and I believe into next week, but you know, sometimes God can take a mini-series and make it into a long series, Uh, but I have some plans after that that I think will complement all that we're going to be talking about today. Today, I want to talk about that we are a broken people that rebuild, a broken church full of broken people and need, uh, need a reason to rebuild. I want you to understand that the, the Bible is filled with stories of people just like you and me who have you know, stumbled, struggled, failed, and simply just messed up. I was thinking this week about some of those people, and not that I want to call people out in their sins, but but kind of gives us a little hope when we look in the Bible and we begin to, to understand uh, some of the people who have messed up, that we kind of held, you know, hold very high and high esteem. I was thinking of just the, the children of Israel. You know, they're our predecessors. We read through the Old Testament, their lives, we see how God redeemed them, but it seemed like over and over again, these, these folks just continue to mess up. And they broke the covenant with God, and God sent him into exile. We'll be talking more about that later. Think about Moses. Moses, who, who led the children of Israel out of there, but before he even got to that stage in his life, he killed an Egyptian and he ran away. Think of Jonah. Jonah, who disobeyed God and ran away as well. Or King David, who had an affair. Or Samson, who drank too much and ultimately was blinded. We think about Peter in the New Testament who denied Christ three times. Or Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, who killed Christians. Or we think of a a lady named Mary Magdalene, who had given herself into prostitution for a time in her life. But those are people in the Bible, right? And we can look at them and we can think, well, you know, those are those people. And, And they're really not, you know, my kind of people. But what about the people around you, people that you know, people that you've dealt with, maybe you're that person. I was thinking the other day and and through about my ministry, the people that I have ministered with, thought about Sharon who um, three months into her marriage had an affair I was called to help them restore their family and praise God they, they have. Think about Tyler, who is a teenager that I've talked with, who is addicted to pornography because of that smartphone that he carries with him all the time. Thought about James's brother. James's brother, when I met him, had contracted the AIDS virus because of some extremely poor choices in his life. Thought about Ramey. Ramey was a church treasurer um, in in Kansas who uh, found a way to steal money from the treasury because he was the church treasurer. Thought about Ted, Ted borrowed a bunch of stuff from the military without asking for permission and he was released from active duty because of his poor choices. You know, we can list everybody else's sins all day long. And you know who I'm talking about. You know yourself. But I want us to look at a group of people today, namely us, New Beginnings Church, and ask this question. And I wanna see if we can maybe answer it a little bit today, but what has happened to New Beginnings Church and why has this church faltered? And I know that sounds a little bit presumptuous because I've only been here for a few weeks, but I sat and I've been asking people in our church, our staff and other people in the church about what is happening in our church. Why have we faltered? Why have we failed as a church? And and these are just kind of a summation of of what I've heard and, and they seem rather common. Some people have left the church because of the pastor and staff. Others have left the church because they weren't being fed. I don't know what even being fed means. It's kind of like they just come here and they only get one meal a week, but I think that's happened sometimes. Some have left the church because they didn't get what they wanted. They they just simply wanted something that they didn't get. And other people have left the church because the church seems to not be very adaptable or amenable to the current cultural issues of the day. And I've heard from some of you, and this has kind of made me chuckle a little bit, that, uh, that you all were waiting for your new pastor to arrive before you made a decision if you were going to leave or not. Well, I'm glad that those of you who are here are here. Um, I hope that uh, you can get fed and you can get what you want and you can figure out what you're doing, but I will tell you I'm not going to be your perfect pastor. Um, I will try my hardest to do my very best. But here's what I want you to hear. After analyzing people's lives and looking in the New Testament, Old Testament, looking at people that I know and looking at the church, here's, here's my point to today's message. New Beginnings Church is a broken church full of broken people who need a reason to rebuild and what's the cause of our brokenness i'm going to be preaching through the book of nehemiah a little bit and as i was looking at the book of nehemiah these were a group of people back in 605 to 586 bc who who were a people who had walked away from God, who broke the covenant with God. And, and as a result, they were in exile and captivity for 70 years. And because they were in exile, uh, because they had walked away from God, uh, there was a man named Nehemiah who, who eventually came back to Jerusalem. And, and as he began to look and survey of what was going on, here's what it says in Scripture. It says, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. Now get a picture of what's happening. About 50,000 of exiled Israelites finally came home to Jerusalem. And in the book of Nehemiah, it says, those who survived are in great trouble and disgrace. Can I tell you today, I don't want to be a church that is in great trouble and in disgrace. And then it says, he went, And then the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah has looked and surveyed what has happened to the place that he loves and he has wept. And I wonder this morning, how many of you here, have wept and mourned for your church? How many of you have grieved over a church that, that used to run in, in the hundreds and now runs in the 30s, 40s, 50s? And I know that many aren't here today because you, you don't, you're not comfortable yet because of the coronavirus, but I can tell you that, that we are a church that, that if we really get serious about who we are and we look at it, I believe that we'll mourn and we'll weep, we struggle. And I want, us to, I want to say this to you today, that I think that we face, have to face the fact that the walls of our church have been broken down and are in ruins. And that we are a church that, are, that is exposed to the danger just as, as Nehemiah you know, began to proclaim that, that there were going to be oppressors and people coming against them I believe. Can I tell you this this morning? I'm being very forthright with you, very prayerful for you this morning. Matter of fact, I even asked God to not let me preach this message today. I think that we're a church that, that needs to rebuild, but we need to have a reason for that because we have allowed ourselves and, and to be exposed to the works of the devil, to the works of the pride of men and women. And I'm going to tell you today, I believe that we need to prayerfully consider who we are and why we need to rebuild so what's the reason for our brokenness the first thing I'm gonna say is this I believe that we're people who have sinned against God I'm not going to I'm not pointing fingers matter of fact uh, you know when you point a finger like this there's always these three pointed back at you right So I I can't point fingers. I'm not perfect and neither are you, but we are a redeemed people that God has called us. And so I think sin is one of the reasons for our brokenness. I believe that the brokenness has happened at the hands of other people. You know, sometimes other people impose upon you and create in you a scenario in your life that distracts you, destroys you, brings that PTSD in your life. read a story of a young lady who was... Who had been uh, brutally raped as a child actually it was he, she and her sister and her sister had passed away because of all the trauma and it had been probably about 20 years and this lady could not get over it at the hands of another person and she went back to the place that uh, this brutal, brutality happened against her and, and she ultimately took her life sometimes it happens at the hands of other people But I'm going to tell you this too, I sometimes believe that God, God allows calamity to happen. I believe that God allows calamity to happen in our lives because he wants to get our attention. Not because he's not a just God and a loving God, but he uses sometimes negative situations in our lives to help us see who God is. Think about the story of Job. Job was a man who who, who God allowed Satan to come in and to destroy his life and destroy his family and take everything away. God allowed that to happen. In the book of Samuel, God allowed an evil spirit to come on King Saul in order because King Saul was chasing after who was going to be King David to kill him. God allowed these things to happen to bring about his will in the the lives of people. These are some of the causes of brokenness. But I also want you to hear that some of the other causes of brokenness in the church, and I believe this church is, is a part of this, is that there has been a lack of intentional discipleship. You're going to hear more about a plan to bring back intentional discipleship in the church in the coming weeks. You, your board and your Sunday School Ministries board and your Stewards board has been desperately seeking God for direction in this. I believe that uh, there's a lack of purpose and understanding of ministry. What are we to do here? Why is New Beginnings Church even positioned in Lee Summit, in this plaza? Why are we here? Sometimes there's been an ineffective leadership. That's the reason why we're broken. And, and listen, not, not, not every leader is going to be perfect in what they do. And, and I'm not going to say that I'm going to be the best at everything, but I'm going to tell you that sometimes when there's ineffective leadership and there's division and discord in the leadership, it... it, it Brings about brokenness in the church. But here's some good news. You know, I always tell you a good sermon is to break you down early and then build you back up. That's what this sermon is. Okay? In the failed moments, I believe that that in all of these failed moments, the Lord is teaching us His greatest lesson and is revealing His will along the way. And it is an opportunity for us to see God's power and his great mercy and forgiveness and grace. So here's the question. We know we're a broken people. So why should we rebuild? Some of you are thinking, what do you mean rebuild? Here's the reality. Andrew and I were invited to be your pastor and family here at this church. And one of the things our district superintendent said was that it's going to be a difficult place to go into. And Andrew and I didn't shudder. We believe that God has called us here to help us. And I didn't understand exactly what that all meant, but I believe that the Lord has been revealing it over the last few weeks and, and has been prompting me to, to preach this message. And so, if in, if if New Beginnings Church is a broken Church full of broken people who need a reason to, be, to rebuild. Why should we rebuild? Here's what I want you to understand. God has called us to be a redemptive people here in Jackson County and beyond. If people matter to God, then they should matter to us. We need to take a look beyond our brokenness. And we need to, to look out at, as we look at Luke 15, look at the lost sheep. There's a lot of lost sheep outside the doors here. Last week, um, while the, the band was playing and practicing for you all got here, I opened these doors a little bit, and there were some people sitting outside. And they had their chairs out, and, you know, had the back open, they'd gotten some coffee at post-coffee, and... and uh, And so I opened the doors and I thought, you know, we we could just let them hear the great music that's being played. Of course, it got a little warm in here and they're like, pastor, it's hot in here. But it's okay. We closed the doors. We shuttered the building, sort of. But there's lost sheep out there. We need to go search for the one. The one. We know the story. The shepherd left the 99 and and those who are here, you are part of the 99, but there's one that's lost that we need to go seek. We need to, to look at the lost treasure. You know, this part of the story in the parable that, that, that she lost a coin and she tore up her entire house. Folks, we got to be willing to tear it up. One of the things that, uh, you know, Andrea and Mike you know, here, who are here, they both work for a construction company. And it amazes me uh, when, when they go in to, to do some rebuilding and stuff, how much they have to, to, to destroy and tear everything up before they make it beautiful again. Folks, I'm telling you, we're going to have to, to continue to tear down so we can rebuild it. But when we do, we need to celebrate. And then the lost child, we know that parable. The parable of the lost child. Folks, we need to, to be looking out outside, beyond ourselves for the lost. There are people who need Jesus. There are people who need the hope. They need to to know that when they come home, that they are going to be accepted and loved and forgiven. So we need to be a redemptive people. That's part of our our mission statement, is to be a redemptive people here in in this building and in this plaza. The next thing I want you to understand is, Chipman Commons partnerships assist in the redemptive work of New Beginnings Church. I I don't know if you understand, but God, when when this church was led to buy this, this plaza, this Chipman Commons, God has been placing different partners here. Rooted Counseling, 206 Hall, the preschool, the martial arts, the dance studio, all of this, even though it sounds strange, can be a part of the redemptive act because we can use all these. When somebody comes into the church, we're not just here to help them with their spiritual life. We're here to help them with the entirety of their life. We're here to help them with their mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. We're to help them grow. And God has already placed, and we are so unique as a church that we have these resources immediately outside our doors. We met with 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 many of our partners last week and I shared with them, listen, when somebody comes in the church, I, I, I'm not a counselor in a sense of, of helping them with their psychological needs. But if they're here, I'm going to invite them to go to Ruta Counseling. If they have an addiction, I'm going to invite them to go to 206 Hall. If they're overweight, they can go to dance or go over here to the martial arts or yoga studio and get healthy. Whatever it is, God has put us together collectively so that we can help rebuild people's lives holistically. You guys don't know this. More than 15 years ago, God spoke into my life and and gave me a vision for what this church looks like. I put it on paper. Initially, all these resources were called the High Rise of Hope. And when you called me to be your pastor... I first looked at the church and I went great and then I started looking at the partnerships night and, and God reminded me remember on paper we wrote this down now we got to do work it's not just about writing it on paper there has to be work done and so when people come into the church I want you to know that our goal is to help them rebuild their lives and when when we help people rebuild their lives we rebuild us we rebuild our church so here's the final point here. Why we should rebuild is God isn't finished with us yet. God's not finished. If, if, if he were finished, we would put a for sale sign out there and sell this place. But we're not done yet. So we rebuild by restoring. This is my challenge for you today. We need to acknowledge that we are an unhealthy church. And some of you may leave after this sermon, and I, I get you. That's fine. I understand that. Nobody likes to acknowledge when they're not healthy. I was giving Mike a hard time yesterday. He was saying that he, had, he hadn't been to the doctor in a couple years and finally had to go. I'm like, man, you got to go to the doctor. Right, Mike? Mm hmm. Can get an amen? I know you guys have your masks on. We need to seek reconciliation with the past whatever that looks like we need to forgive and receive forgiveness without demands you know what that's like you extend forgiveness but you don't put a demand on there I'll forgive you only if you do this we need to forgive without demands we need to stop looking and living in the past and we need to move forward towards the future we're gonna let the past give us wisdom for the future but we're not gonna live in the past And if we embrace our calling as a holiness people who preach full redemption, then we must recommit ourselves to God's call and placement here of New Beginnings Church. So how do we do it? I like what St. Francis of Assisi said. He said, start by doing what is necessary. Then what is possible. And suddenly, you are doing the impossible. Start by doing what is necessary. Let's stop there. What has God called us to that is necessary? So here's the deal. Some of you have been looking at this table down here in front, and you have asked yourself, what is going on with these bricks? Here's going to be my challenge for you. Here's the action step. Claim your brick and rebuild the wall claim your brick and rebuild the wall here's what I mean when I claim my brick that means that I am willing to acknowledge my sin I'm willing to acknowledge my failure and I'm willing to say I'm not perfect but I take responsibility for my life The next thing I want you to do is you claim your brick is to confess your sins to one another. The scripture tells us this in James, that we're to confess our sins to one another. Uh, That that means when you hold a brick in your hand like this, you're saying to those around you, listen, I am not perfect. I'm not hiding anything. I am am struggling to be a Christian. I'm struggling to follow Christ. And you know what? There's nothing wrong. See, right now I feel a little awkward because I'm the only one holding this brick. I'm the only one that's telling you that I'm not perfect, that I'm a sinner who was saved by grace, but I'm still a sinner who needs Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that's part of it. When you claim your brick, you need to reclaim, you know, your relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to say to Jesus, Jesus, I am yours. My fears, my failures, my foibles All the stuff that's happening, God, I am yours, and and I recommit myself to you, Jesus. I recommit my life to you, God. I need you in my life each and every day. Sometimes we wonder a little bit, is it, you know, how can we do this? Sometimes you don't believe that God can forgive you, and the truth of the matter is, you've got to just go to God and say, God, listen, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. God, I know you can forgive me, but will you forgive me? And God says, yes, I will. my challenge for us is this and those who are online and those who are here when you claim your brick don't neglect the house of god be in church be here physically be here emotionally be here spiritually be here mentally be here when you come here don't neglect the house of god we need people to be here Just like every other church that's around Lee Summit and Raymore and Peculiar and Belton and all the places, the the church needs the people to be there. When you claim your brick, you're claiming that you want to be in God's house here. And then you take this brick and you rebuild the wall. So the next thing I want to talk about is rebuilding the wall. When you claim your brick, then you have to take responsibility for this brick. And I own, I own what's happening in my life. I own it and I take responsibility and I want you to understand that. Not only my responsibility of my sin and my life with the Lord, but my responsibility to lead you as pastor. I take responsibility for that. What is God calling you to take responsibility for? Some of you, have been working in the church your entire life, and you're tired, you're worn out, and you're thinking, I don't have the energy for that anymore. But what has God called you to do? God has a place for you. So then you are to participate in building the walls with others. Folks, I cannot rebuild the church, the walls of this church by myself. I invite you to participate in building the wall. Come, be a part of it. And here's the thing. Some of you, some of you will come and you will claim your brick and you're going to want to rebuild it. But placement is key. You know what I mean by this? Placement is key. You see, most of us want to take our brick and we want to put it right here on the top. We're going to wait for everybody else to build the wall up and then then you'll decide where you want to place your brick and you want to put it in a place of prominence. The fact of the matter is where you place your bricks is important because Jesus in the Bible says that Jesus was the cornerstone. That Jesus didn't wait to put his, his, his rock, his brick up here on top. Jesus said, I am placing my brick here on the corner and from this you will build. Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. And I'm calling us to be a people who are called to serve, not to be served. So, your placement, to needs to, your brick needs to be placed with humility. And the beautiful thing of this is that once we place our brick, we need to help others place their brick. You see, some bricks are heavier than others. I know that sounds awkward because these are all weighed the same. But there are some bricks that are heavier than others, and we need to help other people in the struggles of their life. We need to come alongside them and help them and encourage them and say to them, listen, can I help you lift your brick and place it? You see, many hands make light work. It's not that it's cheap work, it's lighter work. It means that we come alongside each other, we care about each other, and we want to help them lay their brick, and when we do it together, there's a bond that happens. And then we want to celebrate. we got to celebrate. Just like in, in Luke 15 with the lost sheep, lost coin, and lost child, we need to Celebrate. When every time a brick is laid, every time somebody commits, we need to say, God, thank you so much. We worship you. We praise you, God. You are awesome in this place. In fact, the matter is, I know some of you are still trying to decide do I want to lay my brick down? probably you're really trying to decide am I gonna claim my brick are you gonna even pick it up first before you are gonna lay it down and I know some of you will and I know some of you won't that's up to you that's between you and God that's between you and not me in the church but I'm gonna implore you to ask God God can I recommit to build rebuilding the walls of New Beginnings Church I think sometimes we're going to ask this question, well, Pastor, do you want to rebuild the wall? How tall do you want to build it? I'm not going to, to the story of the, in the Bible where they tried to build a monument so high that they reached the heavens, the Tower of Babel. That's not what I'm talking about. What I look at in the world is this. There are 3.5 billion people in the world who do not know Jesus Christ there are 3.5 billion people who need Jesus Christ and when we build our wall and we help them come and we invite them to build their wall we may build a wall of 3.5 billion people but I'll tell you what I'll take a part of that wall wherever God would lead us to those who are lost those who need Jesus if I can help them that's what we need to do. We must invite others to fellowship in the church. But we need to start rebuilding our wall. And then we can invite them over into the fellowship of the church. And then we must help them with their bricks. Sometimes we say, you know, Pastor, my plate is too full. I work two jobs, three jobs. You know, I just don't have the time to do it. But here's the deal. If we want to we build God's house, God's church. We need to help others build you know, with their bricks, their heavy bricks, and rebuild. And we're going to celebrate with them. I love the scripture, and this always encourages me. And Luke says, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of God over a, uh, uh, in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I want to share with you that when, when somebody comes to faith in Christ, I want us to have a celebration because God wants to use our church to do something great. So in just a minute I'm gonna invite you to do something and it's up to you you don't you can choose to do it today and I, I would hope you would but if you want to claim your brick and rebuild the wall here at, at NBC I'm gonna invite you to come see as I re, as I told you a few minutes ago re, We rebuild by restoring. We take the responsibility that lies with you and me to reconcile ourselves to God, with each other, with our past, and we move forward. By doing so, we can claim our brick and we can rebuild our wall. And here's what I want to invite you to do. Not only do I have a table of bricks up here, I also have these markers. This is where it gets real. You see, you can take a brick and not, and, and not designate it yours and it's easy to hide. But what I'm going to invite you to do is to come and take your brick and to put your name on your brick as a family. I put my last name here, Castile. My wife and I are committed to New Beginnings Church to build the wall here with you. my challenge for you is this if God has spoken to you and you love your church are you willing to claim your brick and rebuild the wall of NBC as you can tell I don't have a place here to build a wall (laughs) some of you are thinking what's going on we're going to get to that next week but here's what I want to tell you I want you if God would tarry for you, if you would come and you would grab a brick and you would grab a pin, and we're going we're to give you a chance here to consider this. But I want you to take a brick and I want you to put your name on it. I want you to put it so everybody can see it. I want you to claim your place here. You're not claiming it for me. You're claiming it for Jesus Christ. Then I'm just going to ask you very simply because we don't have a wall to build it on yet. Mike will be taking care of that this week. We're going to put our names, and I'm going to have you come and bring them and just set them on the floor and stack them up, and we will build them as a wall. But I'm going to ask you to do this in sincerity first. I want you to pray about this. Don't be be hasty. Don't be hasty and just, you know, come up here and get it and not really commit. I want you to commit. I want you to pray about it. I want you to ask God, if there's any wicked way within you, anything that you need to confess, confess it to the Lord and come with a pure heart, a pure mind. Then come and say, God, what part can I play? God, here, I'm coming to claim my brick. God, I'm putting my name on it, and I commit to to doing this, and I commit to helping other people. God, I'm for you in the church. We're going to show a video. It's Psalm 51, the psalm that uh, Olivia read for us just a few minutes ago. And during this time, if the Lord would call you to claim your brick and to rebuild the wall, I'm going to invite you just to come up here, get a brick, put your name on it, and then take it and just set it down here on the floor. Let me pray for us as we turn this video on. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus for this church. Lord, I pray that you would be not with the physical building, but every person in the name of Jesus in this place. That God, you would would help us, Lord, to rebuild the walls of, of NBC. That God, we would be a mighty force in reaching people for Jesus Christ because we are healthy people, a healthy church. We love you, Jesus. Amen. As this video is playing, would you consider your part in claiming your brick and rebuilding the wall?
1: Have mercy on me, oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my and cleanse me from from your presence. So take your According to your great compassion, blot out my tracks. Have mercy, have mercy on me.
0: I'm overwhelmed by the incredible outpouring here of those who have come to lay their bricks down. For those online, I know you don't have a a brick, but you can tell us online that you have laid your brick down and we'll put one here for you, even though you can't be with us physically. I can't think of anything better for us to do than to praise God and then enjoy our time of taking the communion together. Let me pray for us in thanksgiving. God, we thank you so much in the name of Jesus for all that you have done in this sermon today, in this service. God, you have called many of us here today to come and to claim our brick and to lay it down and to rebuild the walls of New Beginnings Church. Lord, I know I'm overwhelmed, but God, I can imagine how you feel. So, Lord, would you bless this time. We praise your name, God. We, we are so thankful, God, for all that you were doing in this church and through this church and what is going to happen as a result of this today. Lord, may this not just be a moment in time, but a, a hallmark moment, an Ebenezer, if you will, God, that we will go forth and do your will. We love you, Jesus. We praise you in your holy name. Amen.